Jimmy Butler dropped 31 points for his return to the court on Monday night, but what does it mean for Miami's rotation moving forward? And while the Heat are currently one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference, many fans think a trade might be necessary to make Miami a true title contender. But who's the best trade target? Is it Atlanta's DeJounte Murray or perhaps someone else? And which Heat player is likely to get moved in a potential deal? We break it all down in today's episode of Locked on Heat. You are locked on Heat. Your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Holberg, editor at allyoucaneat.com, and joining me as always, longtime NBA reporter David Ramil. However, you're tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Got a great show for you today. We're going to get to the latest on the Heat's interest in DeJounte Murray, some other trade candidates, and what the Heat plan to do with Kyle Lowry before the trade deadline. But let's start with the return of Jimmy Butler, who last night played for the first time since December 30th, had missed 11 of Miami's previous 12 games, but came back and had 31 points in his return to help the Heat beat the Nets. Now, we talked about that game and broke that game down in detail on Monday night, Uh, but the Heat are now 24-16. and They've won four of their last five games. They're on pace for 49 wins this season, and all of that, despite having only had Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Tyler Hero, their top three players, together for just nine games all season. In fact, those, those three players have only finished seven games because Tyler got that first ankle injury and couldn't finish one game. And then Jimmy got uh, the the ankle injury or the foot injury against Utah and couldn't finish that game. So they've only finished seven games together. And yet the Heat are still on this pace. Um, And now they're relatively healthy. So what do you think this means uh, for the second half of their season, David? I've got to be honest with you. I don't think it means much because I think based on what we've seen from this team and what we've seen from these players – they're going to succumb to injury at some point. I'm not sure whether it's Bam who's going to miss time or Jimmy or Tyler or Kyle or Kevin Love or Jaime Jaquez who's going to be missing the next game in Toronto and who might miss more time because we're not getting clear indicators from the Heat medical staff at this point in time. They're going to have players in and out of the lineup. And so I don't know that you can take Jimmy's return and look long-term and say, oh, this is going to be the new normal moving forward for the second half of the season. Like, they're going to have the all-star break. They're going to have some time here and there. But they still have to play another 42 games, and I don't know how many of those 42 games. If I had to guess, I'd say they probably played 25 of those 42 games together. That that would be a, a realistic guess. Mm. Either, again, either one of those three players is going to miss a game here and there, and it'll probably add up to another 25 games total of which they'll actually play. But that's fine because this team – has proved that their depth is their greatest strength this season. And given that, they're going to give guys that are going to be needed to step up at some point during the postseason more experience, whether it's Caleb or Jaime or who knows. Nikola Jovic right now is starting, and he seems likely to continue being the starter. And maybe he wouldn't have gotten that opportunity if not for injury. And here he is. He might be counted on to start in a playoff game. I mean, that's a far cry from where we were at the start of the season, but here we are. That's what happens with this team. They get hurt. Somebody steps up. Next thing you know, you got Max Strews dropping X number of points in a, a cr- crucial uh, play-in game against the Chicago Bulls. You know, he, this is a guy who was 
a lot of fans didn't even want to see on the roster at the start of last year, and he winds up kind of cementing right. Miami's chances at an incredible, magical postseason run. Um, I think it matters. Uh, they've only played in 179 minutes together. I mean, I know that they've played a lot <laughs> more in the past together, but there is something to be said about, okay, the first half of the season, Spolstra got to experiment, to your point, David, about like, hey, here's a Nokoljovic here, and this is what Haywood Highsmith looks like as a starting power forward right. earlier in the start of the season. Oh, my God, Jaime Hakas Jr. is a legit role player, not just a rookie. This guy can make an impact for us and all these other things. Um, and on the other side, too, Orlando Robinson, Thomas Bryant, those guys had opportunities. Didn't really make the most of them, at least, because they're not in the rotation right now. Right. But we're in the second half now. And this is where the playoff push really begins, particularly after the All-Star break. But we're gearing up for that run now. And it is a tight Eastern Conference. And just because the Heat have made it this far in the East doesn't mean that they're going to – I don't think that we can count on them to stay outside of the play-in mix in the East in the second half of the season, especially if some of these teams make upgrades at the trade deadline between now and February 8th. So I think they need it. I think they, And I think Eric Spolster needs an opportunity to say, all right, we found all these kind of new toys in the first half. How do these new toys work with the old toys? How do these new players work with the old players? How do they work with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero when they're on the court? And what are my best combinations? What are my best lineups? I haven't had a lineup that's played more than 78, min- 78 minutes together all season, for God's sakes. Who am I closing with? Heck, who am I starting with if I have my entire allotment of players available? I don't think Eric Spolster knows the answers to these questions, for sure. At least what it would look like in a playoff setting. And I think the second half of the season... My main goal, if I'm the Miami Heat, is figuring out those questions. Yeah, but how realistic is that? I mean, that's my point, right? I, I just I don't know that you're going to be able to count on this roster. If Again, you could get more than nine games together, I think that would be better. nine out of forty. Like, I'll I mean, take twenty-five. The number you threw yeah. out there, I take that. Twenty-five out of forty-two, because there, there are it. nine games out of forty. That, that's how many. Or and you, to your point, maybe seven and a half-ish type games actually that they've played together, and that's, that's so a total of how many minutes was it? One hundred and seventy-nine. They're outscoring opponents by six points every 100 possessions in those minutes. Woo! It's a very small sample, but we also know that those are your three best players, so it ought to look like that. Um, yes. No, I, I look 25. You're right. Like there's going to be another injury, right? But you hope you, you hope that you don't. I mean, the Tyler Hero injury that was a freak injury. Other sure. other than the freak injuries, he's not a guy that just misses random games here and there. He had the shoulder strain, but that's you know that's a regular season type of injury. He probably plays through that if it's a playoff game. Jimmy Butler. TBD. We'll see. The guy's on the other side of 34 years old. We'll find. We'll figure it out. Bam Adebayo can only miss seven more games. So unless mm-hmm. it's a real injury, I don't really expect him to just sit out for for maintenance or just take a, a night off. Maybe towards the end of the regular season if he's got a, um, a buffer of games that he can miss. But that Bam Adebayo has been open about wanting these All NBA stuff. It matters for his contract. It's not just like, hey, I want to be All NBA. So it, right. so I, I have it on the back of my baseball card. No, he wants it. He wants the contract. He wants 90 million extra dollars. That would be nice for him. So, you know, he's got a lot of motivation to play in these games. I don't know. I think it is a big deal. And I think it's a big deal so that they can get the chemistry back. Again, I'm with you. I'm not counting on them to have like uh, to play 40 of the next 42 together. But if you if you if you handicapped it and said, would you take 25 and a half? I'd probably go slight over on it. Maybe I'm being optimistic, but I would take it. I would take it even if it was a slight over. I I think it matters. That perspective. I, I now, kind of remind. I, I'm totally drawing a blank here, even as we're talking about this. Last year's postseason, that starting lineup. How often had they played together? I know Kyle was in and out of the lineup. He was hurt, 
And then when he returned, he was coming off the bench. Gabe, Max, Jimmy, and Kevin Love, again, he was benched. And who was starting in his place then? Caleb. Caleb. It was Caleb, and then it was Kevin Love after they acquired Kevin Love. But Miami last year, they had a couple of different starting lineups, um, but their most played lineup actually hit the 300 mark, 300 minute mark by the end of the season, which isn't saying much because almost every team has a lineup already halfway through the season that's played at least 300 minutes. Um, that right. lineup was Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Caleb Martin, and Bam Adebayo. And that team was a plus 24 total in those 302 minutes. And then they had the Gabe Vincent version of that lineup uh, and Kevin Love. So that their, their second most used lineup played 16 games in the second half of the season. That was Gabe, Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, Kevin Love, and Bam Adebayo. So they had a few of those lineups that got some chances at the end of the season. Stepping out, though, like how important do you think it is? Because I just even in talking about this with you, like I don't think it's that important. Like you've got really proven veterans here, and even the young guys are getting the experience that they need. This isn't throwing somebody out there to taste playoff level competition for the first time. Like, and and if there's one player that you might have that kind of overarching question mark about how they how do they respond to the brightest of lights on the big stage, I guess you could probably say that about Jaime. And I was confident about his ability to step up in the playoffs as any any player that's you know an accomplished veteran, to be honest with you. I don't think he's gonna wilt and be like, Oh, I, I forgot how to pull off that spin move. My footwork doesn't work during the playoffs, you know. So I everything he does is going to translate in the long term, even through the postseason. So whereas we're kind of conditioned as fans and as analysts of the game to kind of say, Oh, you need consistency, you need a, a steady rotation, etc. I don't know how much that actually matters when it comes to Miami. And they've kind of flourished that way over the past. Like, even in the bubble when they made that yeah. finals run, like Goran Dragic all of a sudden coming back to the starting lineup. It's, they've tinkered with their lineup so if often over the past years. If there's one team that doesn't need it, it's Eric Spolster's team, right? It's the one team that doesn't need it. I right. just think of, all right, we're splitting hairs when we're talking about what teams can win the championship. And it maybe the Heat don't need it to make the playoffs or make a run in the playoffs, but do they need it to win the championship? I Maybe. I don't know. I would like to see it. I would say they don't not need it, right? And so to me, it's less of what does Jimmy and Bam and Tyler look like together? And it's more of who are the two guys that Eric Spolster is going to go to in crunch time with those three guys on the court and finding that right chemistry and that right calculus and all those things uh, that I think he needs to find. But we'll find out. Um, let's move on. We have some new intel regarding the Heat's interest in DeJounte Murray. We're going to talk about that next here on Locked on Heat. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, patience. That's what brings home the winning trophy. It's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and so much more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, or maybe a combination of all three, eBay Motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts. For your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or you get your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. And so with all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Thanks for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. 
and on your favorite podcast app. Everydayers, you'll be thrilled to learn that we'll be joined by Yahoo Sports' Jake Fisher in an episode this week to talk about the latest trade rumors around the NBA and where the Miami Heat might be involved. Also, as a reminder, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you. 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Speaking of trade rumors, DeJounte Murray is one of the hottest names on the trade market. The trade deadline is February 8th. Every indication seems like the Hawks are going to trade him before February 8th. Uh, but here's the latest from the Miami Herald's Barry Jackson, who reported on Tuesday afternoon, quote, one person in touch with the Heat's front office expressed skepticism about the likelihood of the Heat making a particularly aggressive push for Murray without knowing for sure what Miami would do. So uh, it wasn't six sources, David, but it was one source who has some knowledge of what the Miami Heat are going to do and, some, and express some skepticism regarding how aggressive they might be. But we've already heard Mark Stein say that the Heat are in the market pretty aggressively, at least looking for guard help. Now, maybe that doesn't mean a former all-star like DeJounte Murray, but maybe some depth at that position. Uh, Jake Fisher also had reported that there was some initial conversations between Miami and Atlanta about DeJounte Murray. But you know what that means? It also means that conversations have since stopped if there's only initial conversations and there's no other conversations. So hard to know what to make of that. I guess we'll learn more from Jake when we have him on later this week. But um, what do you make of, of all of this noise around DeJounte Murray? I think he's going to get moved. I just don't yeah. see Miami being the team to acquire him. And I I don't know what it is that Miami's looking for. And I think that's part of the difficult process in determining this. Is like if I if I've if you're asking me my opinion, and you did, but I, I think <laughs> I mean, no, without like any inside intel or anything like that. Sure. I haven't spoken to the front office guys and, and been like, what is it that you want this season? Like I know they want to improve their team, but I think they're also confident in the roster that they have. And, and again, given everything that we just laid out in the first segment. I'm not sure that you can say what this team actually is capable of because you haven't mm. had it healthy for such a prolonged period of time. But you've got guys like we're talking about moving potential players on this roster like Lowry or Jovic or Caleb Martin, who is an impending free agent. And, and, you know, I think Miami's coaching staff and the front office thinks that these players will be able to contribute during a playoff run. And given that, if you're going to have to sacrifice not just these players, because you're not going to get a DeJounte Murray for uh, Kyle Lowry, even swap, you're going to have to give up a pick. And those picks have proven to be so valuable. I don't know that the Heat are going to make a move. Like, I know it's exciting for a lot of fans to entertain these ideas, but at the same time, I just don't know that this front office is looking at their cupboard of assets, as Pat Riley has referred to them in the past and said, this is what we've got to move. We're going to be willing to include everything. For what? Like, is DeJounte right. Murray – like, DeJounte Murray's a fine player. What's his role going to be in a playoff? Like, he's not going to get the ball in his hands. He's mm. going to be a complimentary something, uh, maybe the occasional score. And, again, I think the point of attack defense that everybody believes is going to be substantially improved by his acquisition might be a little overrated in that regard. He's, he's a fine player. That's not a knock on him. He's got a great story. I'd hope that he could be successful wherever he is. I was never big, to be honest with you. I was never big on the acquisition in Atlanta. It's proven kind of fruitful. Right. He's just never really panned out there. I know he's had some games here and there, but overall, I just never really liked that fit alongside Trey Young. Maybe that speaks more to the the whole Hawks organization and the chaos. It hasn't worked out, right? right? And and I was I'm with you. I wasn't super high on that acquisition either. I didn't I didn't love it. And I've never really been a huge Dejounte Murray guy either. Even right. in, in these days in San Antonio, I think like it's a fine player. 
kind of a one of those fake all stars. You know what I mean? Like he's not a perennial all star. You have like those one off kind of Kyle Korver all stars, and then you have like legit Ooh. perennial all stars like Bam Adebayo, for instance. Um, yeah. so I think like, Dejounte Murray is a good player. Here's what I do know about the Miami Heat: they have aggressively explored the market for guards. It doesn't mean that they're aggressive in their pursuits for those guards. I think they are doing their due diligence to find out who's really available and mm-hmm. who's not actually available. It might just be a name sprinkled in a trade rumor here and there. Who's legitimately available and what are they available for? And can the Heat get a deal like that done without, and, here, and that's sort of the A part, and the B part of what right. I know about the Miami Heat is that they're not going to sacrifice their ability to trade for Donovan Mitchell this summer this before this deadline. And what that means is that they're not going to trade one of those two first-round picks unless they come to the conclusion that DeJounte Murray is that dude. And maybe that's part of their research here is you're like, okay, you know what? Actually, maybe Murray is a better fit for us than Donovan Mitchell. I don't think that that's the case. I don't think that the Miami Heat have come to that conclusion. But who knows? Or, you know, insert other star name here if not DeJounte Murray, right? And so I think that right now their priority is can we get marginally better before the deadline? Let's figure out what's available and whether or not that helps us or not. And so let's, and we're having those conversations, but at the same time as an organization, we, in the front office, we've already sort of agreed upon the parameters of, we're not going to sacrifice the ability to chase Donovan Mitchell if, and when he becomes available next summer, which means we need to keep Tyler hero. We need to keep our two first round picks in 2028 and 2030. We're probably not going to mess with the, the protections on that. OKC pick before now in the deadline, um, more likely than not. Uh, unless like I, or in other words, I don't think that they'll mess with it and then trade those protections before the deadline or trade that pick without the protections before the deadline. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. But other things could be happening, right? I think we'll, we'll have the Kyle Lowry's uh, conversation here in a second. I think there's options that do make sense for them without sacrificing that flexibility for maybe getting a Donovan Mitchell. I think there's other bit players here and there. I think they're going to try to get off of Drew Smith's contract. I know that's not exciting, but I think they're going to try it. I think they're going to, I think they might look at options at backup center if there's a real upgrade there available. I think they're going to look at options at power forward if there's an upgrade there available. I think the Caleb Martin question is a very big one. I don't think the Heat are prepared to pay Caleb Martin what he's going to be looking for this offseason. And if Caleb looks anything like he's looked the last couple of games, his second half is going to be much better than the first half, which speaks to his value to this team. But if you think you're going to lose him in free agency anyway, you at least have to explore the market to see what you could get for him and if you can get somebody under team control. So that's when I think when I think that the heater when I say that the heater being aggressive, that's sort of what I mean. To acquire a complimentary player, not the no, just star to level acquisition. I think they're aggressively exploring. I, 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 it doesn't mean they're aggressively shopping. I think they're aggressively window shopping. And maybe when you're aggressively window shopping, you end up buying something. But I think they're aggressively window shopping at this point. They're they're in the mall. And they've been there for a couple hours, and they're looking at the the front glass of every store, and they're and but they're but they've brought they've got some cash in their back pocket that they're willing to spend if they see something that catches their eye. That I, I can just hear our listener base get just moan in frustration at the very mention of that because that just sounds like <laughs> that sounds like the ultimate tease, right? It's like wow, we really that sounds like <laughs> the heat the manifestation the of- in the last couple of years, like Kevin Durant, no. <laughs> Damian Lillard. Well, at least they, they were they were interested and they just couldn't do it. They couldn't they couldn't get it done, but I don't mm-hmm. think it was through any fault of their own. This sounds like more like like just like the ultimate manifestation of Danny Ainge's. We were this close to offering this for the star level yeah. player. And maybe that's kind of karmic in the sense that Miami winds up beating those Celtics teams, but now they're in the same position where well, they don't acquire I, that next I do player want to be clear. I don't think 
I don't think that they're doing it just to say, I don't think they're doing this no, in preparation. Just to be like, yeah. Oh, we, you know, we really wanted Anthony Davis, but they just wanted to like, I don't think that they're doing that. I think they, I think they're willing to trade stuff. I think they are. I just don't know that, that to go back to the DeJounte Murray portion of this conversation, I think they had exploratory talks about DeJounte Murray. What's it going to cost? And I don't think that those conversations have been very fruitful yeah, because the Hawks like, are looking for two first round picks and Miami only has those two first round picks and they'd rather have Donovan Mitchell and DeJounte Murray or really more accurately, they, they value the chance to pursue Donovan Mitchell this summer over getting DeJounte Murray right now. And I think that speaks a lot to where it is that Miami values their own players, where they, how close they are to a champion, how badly they feel like they need Donovan Mitchell and right. maybe how much they value slash don't really value DeJounte Murray. Maybe so should sense. we answer that question? Like, is that the right choice by Miami? And I guess we won't really know given that we're not sure exactly what's going to happen this season, but based on what they've accomplished over the last few years, like they're right and justified in saying we have enough. Like that sounds boring. And again, that's frustrating for fans and everything else. But given the fact that they've succeeded and gotten this close in three of the last four years of being able to compete and win for a championship, that seems like they're pretty justified in that behavior. And they're looking for a player that's going to put them over the top. Like let's, mm -hmm. again, let's play the hypotheticals, which you love so much. Going to last year's final. Does DeJounte Murray make the difference in Miami's ability to beat the Denver Nuggets? Mm. He helps in that matchup because he gives somebody to guard Jamal Murray, who just went off against, like, who, nobody in Miami could stop him. And if you're if you're looking at their potential path to the playoffs, it involves Damian Lillard, right? You have to go through Tyrese Maxey. You might have to go through Tyrese Halliburton, who's as dangerous as they come, right, against the Pacers. You might, you're going to have to go through uh, 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 Derek White and Drew Holiday and those guys, like, you're going to need wing defenders that I don't right. think that this roster has right now. No, they don't. But, but to your point, do you want to trade all those things right now in order to get DeJounte Murray, who may or may not be that player anymore defensively? Like, we don't know. And that's right. sort of Miami's due diligence well, in their and, scouting and department. They got to figure that part out. But that, in that know. case, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip the script a little bit and say, you know what? Damn the Heat! They should absolutely be making a move now. Like this is this is enough already. If if you know exactly, if you lay it out, you think that's a, the process, the 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 route to the NBA Finals is we're gonna have to stop these guys, and we don't have anybody that can actually do so on the roster. Then what the hell are you doing? You're wasting Jimmy Butler. You're wasting Bam Adebayo. You're not maximizing what this roster is capable if you don't give them that complimentary help. And maybe it's not great. And maybe the the, the pipe, you know, the 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 you know the, the dream is to acquire Donovan Mitchell or another superstar, but that's not enough. Like you don't ever know if they're gonna pan out. That was a dream with Kevin Durant, to your point. That was a dream with mm -hmm. Damian Lillard. It didn't work. Now all of a sudden you've got a chance to actually make some noise in this playoff front. You better get something done. And, I do and I wonder that... if I, I wonder if that's the maybe the Heat are starting to come to that realization. I mean, you know, you know me, man. I've been banging that table this whole time. Absolutely. Like I'm mean, like, just screw it, make the move, trade the picks. You got the window; it's open now. Like who knows if you would have made if you would have used these two first round picks over the last two years to add a quality, high level starting power forward and a quality high level starting point guard to replace Kyle Lowry. Who knows what this team looks like, right? Like, we yeah. just had our friend Rohan Carney on here. He's like, what happens if you throw in a starting point guard and Jeremy Grant on this team? Like, this mm. team could win the championship. So, but this team is obsessed with getting the stars. And as much as I feel like they should have been making these marginal moves over the last couple of years, they've been hoarding these things in, in advance of a star pursuit. And I just think that this front office is going to con continue to do that. But maybe, like you said, David, maybe their patience is starting to wear thin. Or maybe they say, hey, 
we're on a 50 win pace and our best three players have only played nine games together. Maybe this is the year. Maybe the window is wide open. We don't, we're not afraid of Boston. We're not afraid of Philly. We're not afraid of Milwaukee. Maybe, maybe that window is open and maybe they make a run. So it's going to be fascinating. I think that they, like I said, I think they are aggressively shopping and aggressively looking, even though it might not be like aggressively saying, what can we get for Tyler hero and these two first round picks or something like that right now, there's different ways to be aggressive. Speaking of, do they have to trade Kyle Lowry before February 8th? We'll tell you why they do after this. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Look, it's still mid-January. Obviously, a lot of people are looking to make improvements, thinking of resolutions, you know, just trying to better ourselves in some way. But maybe instead of focusing on what you have to change, maybe you can kind of just focus on what you've been doing right. Maybe you just need to finally organize one part of your space and maybe you want to tackle another. Maybe you're just taking your supplements every morning. Now you want to actually eat breakfast too. You want to kind of take that next step. Well, you know what? Better help is the option for you. They can help you find your strengths and you can ditch those extreme resolutions to make changes that really stick. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. And you just fill out a brief questionnaire you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. If it's not working out, your schedules don't align, or maybe you just want to make a, a you know, change at some point, then BetterHelp will accommodate you. That's how convenient they are. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockdownNBA today. You get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockdownNBA. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season's done. Playoffs are still going live, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. It's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. And the app is so easy to use. There are so many different ways to bet. Live same game parlays. You can find bets in their new Explore tab. Make a parlay and find a one under the parlay. Have the best way to find popular parlays. So much more. But only if you go visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube, your favorite podcast app. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit that like button right now. Do it right now. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't subscribed yet. Leave a comment. Let us know where you're watching from and what you think about these trade ideas. And if you think that the Heat absolutely need to make a move and what you maybe you think about the idea of DeJounte Murray in Miami and if he is sort of the final piece to that puzzle if you're listening to a podcast leave a five-star rating and review it goes a long way Kyle Lowry did not close the game in Brooklyn which has been a trend even though Spo prefers to start him so David I'm wondering what that signals about how much he believe that they really need him because I know they call him the, the Hall of Fame quarterback and all these things but they're preferring Josh Richardson in these clutch situations and if you're looking for places to upgrade on the roster, and like I said, I think Miami is actively looking for potential upgrades. Mm. That's like an easy place to find an upgrade. No no offense to Josh Richardson, but he signed to a minimum deal, right? right. So if you're like, okay, let's see, like the, the fifth guy in that closing lineup, maybe that's the spot. What do you think about that? I think they're kind of testing it out, right? They're, they're kind of mm. testing to see yeah. how much do they actually rely on Kyle. And I, I think it's kind of overstated in a sense also because I, I really – I'm not part of that large, maybe vocal minority of fans that really dislikes Kyle and wants him gone and everything else like that. But at the same time, I understand 
you've got this $30 million salary that's taking up a chunk of your cap space and he has not performed to those $30 million expectations. So I understand the frustration there, but at the same time, I think overall his level of play is fine, but it just hasn't been good enough to justify that salary. And given that, I think the coaching staff is saying, you know what, if we're looking to move $30 million worth of salary, how realistic is it that we can survive his loss, whether it's due to injury or because we wind up training him for X, whether it's a power forward or a center or maybe even other backup card, if that's the case, I think that's why they're kind of mm. feeling it out here. Let's see how we can go with Josh, you know, and, and count on him in these closing minutes. Is that good enough to help us? Probably not. Like, I honestly, I don't know that Josh provided much. And I saw some comments on yesterday's recap saying that Josh was clearly a better defender. I, I don't know that he is. He's quicker. I don't know that he's a better defender better than, than Kyle Lowry. Oh, no, I, I, I don't. I don't think that it's clear. I think both of them trade nights where Josh is better and Kyle's the better, but I think Tyler Hero was better than both of them last night, which isn't <laughs> yeah. ideal. That, like it, it's not the, like his greatest Tyler Hero, like as, as much progress as he's made on that end of the floor, he's the first one to tell you the best he's ever going to be defensively is average. Okay. And he had a good game, but like you need a better option there. Um, so no, I think Josh Richardson, I think, look, in today's NBA, you just need a guard who's a threat to score. And at this stage in Kyle Lowry's career, he's just not looking to score. He's a great table setter. I would love having Kyle Lowry as my backup point guard who can play a few minutes here and there and be a great locker room presence at $6 million a year. That would be awesome. But he's not making $6 million a year. And you mentioned the big salary. I don't even really care about the big salary because it is just what it is this year. But the fact that right. it expires and you don't want to lose that salary cap slot because if he walks right. away, you don't get to just go sign another $30 million player. That's not how the salary cap works. So do right. you, I, and that's why I'm kind of hinting at do you almost have to trade him because he's not because even if he does come back, David, even if you want to resign him, you're not resigning him at 30 million dollars a year. So you're losing the salary cap slot no matter what. So if you have an opportunity to trade that player for a player worth somewhere between 25 and 30 million dollars, you almost have an obligation to do it, regardless of what you think of Kyle Lowry and his game this year. Right. And so I do think that the Heat have also signaled that we don't really need this guy because we don't really trust him in clutch situations. And we don't believe, not that we don't trust him, but we don't maybe, right. we, maybe we don't believe he's part of our best five-man unit when, when all the chips are down on the table and we need to go get a bucket. Because in today's NBA, you need a guy who could score. Miami's 19th right now in offensive rating. They finally got back into the top 10. They're ninth in defensive rating. Mm. But they're 19th in offensive rating. And Josh Richardson is just a little bit more willing as a scorer um, and to shoot the ball. And so I think if they're looking for an upgrade, that's an easy place to do it. We've talked about the Terry Rozier option. That seems like an easy enough upgrade if you, if, if Charlotte's game uh, to do that kind of swap. Who knows what else Miami would have to include in that kind of thing. The DeJounte Murray thing we've already talked about. I think he's a better player than Kyle Lowry. He's somebody who can at least, at the very least, you pencil him into the fi the final five-man lineup, right? Like the, he's, yeah. he's part of your best group of five, and I think that there's something to be said about making that sort of upgrade that provides a level of clarity to kind of go back to the first segment, what we were talking about, David. Clarity for Spo. What's my best five? And I think if there's anything that they're trying to figure out in the second half, it's that. Um, but we're, we're, we're sort of running out on time. One other name I wanted to throw at you. Fred Katz, who covers the Knicks for the Athletics, said that the, the Knicks might be willing to shop Quentin Grimes. That, to me, yeah. is a guy who might make sense for Miami as sort of a wing defender who can kind of fight over screens and guard those opposing ball handlers and things like that. The shooting has dipped. It's been a little bit of a... Uh, a, a whatever the opposite of a bounce back year is, it's sort of a slide year for Regressed. him, yeah. a regression year for him. And then they're reportedly trying to, to attach uh, uh, Evan Fournier's contract to that. 
that's pro- that's a non-starter if you're Miami. Just it doesn't work salary cap wise. I don't know how you get that done. But uh, Quentin Grimes is somebody I would at least look at. I don't know what it would. Lo- I don't know what it would take. Is it Caleb Martin for Quentin Grimes? Is it is it Nikola Jovic for Quentin Grimes? Is that worth it for Miami? What are, what are the Knicks actively looking for in a trade? But that seems like a guy that makes sense. How much is Fournier making? Like eighteen million. That's what I'm saying. It just doesn't. It doesn't really add and up. Grimes and Grimes' salary. He's making uh he's like on that rookie scale contract, so he's making three or four million. He couldn't trade him 2.3. out right for Larry? Like Larry two point three million. Grimes. No, Larry because now and... now if you're the Knicks, you go that 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 puts him into the luxury tax and they're trying to avoid that. Mm-hmm. And if but then you can add some smaller salaries that keep him out of it, but now you're doing like a three for one deal and Miami can't really facilitate that. So it gets very complicated. Maybe there's a way that they I mean, look, Andy Ellsberg can always figure out a way if they really want to bring in Evan Fournier and that, but I don't think that there's an appetite to bring in Evan Fournier because all the cap situation and the tax issue that Miami's in right now, uh, unless you're trading Duncan Robinson and something small like Duncan Robinson. And just for example, Thomas Bryant to the Knicks mm. for Evan Fournier and Quentin Grimes. But I don't, that's not an upgrade right for Miami. I don't think that that makes them better unless they really, really value Quentin Grimes. Who's a fine player. But I, I think that's an upgrade. I mean, I, I love Duncan. Obviously, I, I think Fournier is a very vastly underrated player. I, I think mm. he was. I saw him perhaps in his prime in Orlando. I mean, he's a hell of a shooter. He just he he got dealt a pretty bad hand in New York, and he just hasn't been able to get out of Tibbs's doghouse. But I, I just think in Miami, I think he would find a way to flourish the same way that other shooters have in the past. And I think I, he would get an opportunity here to play for something real. Like he's never really had that chance, you know, in Orlando, they were hoping to just make the playoffs on an annual basis. And that did not happen very often in New York. He just hasn't been part of the rotation at all, but I, I think he would get an opportunity in Miami. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I really like the fit to be honest with you. I mean, you're doing the trade for Grimes, but if you like, if you like Fournier is sort of a replacement level, Duncan Robinson, I guess maybe it makes sense. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. This is why I say you got it. You got to look aggressively. You kind of got to look at every roster and, and kind of play with the trade machine and figure out what works. But um, we'll see. We're going to have Jake Fisher on later this week to get into uh, the weeds on uh, the trade deadline and the latest intel of what really is happening behind the scenes. But for now, thanks for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube and follow us on your podcast app. 